This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts Luke Silvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans, go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is February twenty second, two thousand twenty one. We're recording this Monday night. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what it do? What's up, man? Uh, trying to figure out what the Orlando Magic are doing. That's about it, really. Um, oh, boy. Working a go. lot. And, um, yeah, just uh, had some uh, a, I had some steak just now and a sweet potato and some spinach. So that was, you know, pr- pretty good. Pretty good way to uh, wind down the day here. I can respect that. Lately, we've been uh, – last uh, – this – week i think we've done like make your own pizza type of thing twice Mm -hmm. it's all right i mean i think a lot of it has to do with like the dough that you use the sauce that you use the other night was a little bit better than tonight we kind of used a different dough so So you guys are going the you guys are going the dough route not the like buy your crust at the store you know well we bought you buy the dough at the store and then you like you know the flour out out. all that stuff yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I ask because there's sometimes we'll if we want to just do like a, a lazy version of that, we just get like the pre-made crust and like where the dough, where it's already like basically ready to go. You just put the sauce on it and your toppings and all that stuff and stick it in. You know, that might be the better way to do it. That that crust is probably like ready to go, probably pretty solid. And then we were just going with like regular like marinara like out of the jar. Like Newman mm-hmm. Zone or something like that, and I don't know. I f- I feel like there's got to be a better way to go about the sauce and everything like that. But I don't know. Tonight, the one that we had was a different dough than what we did the other night, and I I liked that other dough better. It was like right. fluffier and and more flavorful and everything like that. But mm-hmm. anyways, before we start talking about the magic, uh, I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to ask Luke a question, and Luke and I have a lot in common. We definitely have a lot of shared interests, but we also have uh like unique tastes when it comes to things like from what i understand luke's not like the biggest like marvel or like star wars or like lord of the rings guy correct that's correct assumption yeah okay so then i'm also going to assume that you don't really care much for like norse mythology like thor and loki and odin and everything like that you don't really care about vikings no no that no okay anyways i'm gonna bring this up regardless because it's pretty awesome okay so for all my nerds out there and and like gamers nerds especially there's a a game right now available on steam if you're a pc gamer you're probably familiar with steam i think it's like the biggest pc game you know library that's out there from my understanding the only one that that luke knows of so that's saying something pc game so he doesn't pc game Mm -hmm. so right now there is a game uh called valheim it's early access so it's there's the developers are still working on the game but it's basically a viking survival game luke so you get dropped off in purgatory. I guess the whole point of the game is you're trying to earn your way to Valhalla, which is like the Viking heaven, I guess. Okay. And you're dropped off in the middle of nowhere, just your fists, mm-hmm. and you basically have to gather like supplies and resources. Like you go and you you punch a tree until you get sticks, and then you pick up stones. You have a stick and you have a stone. You make an axe so you can chop down stuff, and then like you build your house and everything like that. I just gotta say I've been playing it just today, and it's. It's amazing, is it? Well, so Luke, I don't. Uh, I I obviously know nothing about this game because you and I haven't talked about this. But I went to right. Valheim's website. Uh, okay, first of all, what prompted you to do that? I'm shocked that you even went that far. 
Well, I'm just interested, right? I'm just trying to track along here. You brought up the game, so I was like, oh, let oh, me Oh, right now. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you meant previous to this. Oh, heck no. No, 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 no. So, so no, I just pulled it up. And and there's kind of a uh, a summary. Like, you just gave us one, but it, but it says, The Valkyries have ferried your soul to the 10th Norse, to the 10th Norse world as a custodian, where you must adventure to the ends of the realm, from the deepest forest to the highest mountain peak, slaying beasts of myth and legend feared by Odin himself. You will craft powerful <laughs> weapons, build unyielding castles, and sail longship towards the horizon to prove yourself to the All-Father. I'm guessing that's like a god or something. And certainly Probably. die, Trump. I think that's Odin. So, have you died yet? I have not died yet. I, I think... I think no. I don't there's not they don't give you too much story but I think you've already died and now you're brought to like purgatory and you're trying to earn your way to Valhalla. But just reading that summary doesn't that get you hyped up? Yeah, but at the end they told me I was going to die trying. Anyway, I mean yeah, they, maybe. But that's the whole point. You're they, trying to get to Valhalla. You you only go there if you die. Yeah, whatever, nerd. So um did wow. did it cost you anything or was it free? Is it in beta? I know you said no, they were, like No, it's it's 20 it, bucks but... right now. So it's oh, gotcha, it's 20 okay. bucks. Yeah. The best twenty dollars I've spent in a long time on a video game, right? It's early access, so the developers are still working on the game. They're going to be patching it, adding things, making updates, everything like that. Yeah. I think they said that content-wise, the game is like fifty percent done, and as far as like a developmental standpoint, it's like seventy percent done. So I haven't had a single issue with the game. Like I guess it's technically in beta, but like if I don't have you ever played Minecraft, Luke? No. Never put, okay. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, then we're not I, having I'm, much of a discussion here if you've never even played Minecraft. Well, I've played Minecraft, but not. Let me like, ask you this. Do you have an imagination? Let me ask you that. Um, A little bit. A yeah, little bit. Okay. I'm just me. teasing. You. I, but, it, no. So, I had played Minecraft, by the way, but, like, I've never. Uh, maybe on, like, friends' accounts and stuff like that. I've never really, like, played on my right. own Xbox. I don't know. I, I we've discussed this before, but I need to be like competing against real people. No, I, yeah, I, I understand that totally. I, the the whole campaign thing or like surviving on my own. I just like I just want to just pound well, other kids. Well, the into cool the sand. thing, the cool thing about Valheim is you can have up to ten players on a server. So like mm. it, you basically have like your own Viking tribe. So like can you earlier it was just me and my buddy. Not trade, but just like give them whatever they like if they need something. Yeah, whatever resources else. you might need to to like make something. something. You, you, yeah. Yeah, you collect your your resources together to like build your own little house, you build beds, um, to like craft different gear and stuff like mm. that. If you if what I'm describing sounds like it would interest you whatsoever, people out there listening, because I, I can tell Luke's not <laughs> all hot and bothered by this. But if this piques your interest at all, I highly recommend going and trying this game. If nothing else, you're out twenty bucks. Yep. But I'm having a blast with it so far. But I just want to throw it out there in case that it might be something that Luke would be interested in. Doesn't sound like it is, but hey, you you just you never know. Yeah, you never know. I don't know if my Mac laptop could sustain that, but you know, it's not like too graphics intensive or anything like that. Um, although it does look really good, if that makes sense. Like the graphics aren't crazy, but the game still looks really nice. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe your Mac would be able to do that. But um, as far as Minecraft is concerned, I've dabbled into Minecraft just. Very, very briefly with actually the same buddy that I've been playing this game with. Mm -hmm. But it's just fun to, to like go and blow stuff up and, and build right. stuff with your friends. One time we were playing Minecraft and my buddies told me they built like this secret elevator. And I was like, oh, awesome. They're like, yeah, go ahead and test it out. <laughs> so I get inside this elevator. I hit the switch. The switch is 
connected to dynamite and just blew me into oh, the freaking moon. It's great. So I love it. It's just stuff like that that you can do. But anyways, yeah, Valheim. If you guys haven't checked that out, check it out. Now that Luke is literally falling asleep, um, we can talk some Orlando Magic basketball. So mm-hmm. we'll do our weekly state of the Magic here. So your Orlando Magic currently sit at 13-18 and 18 after going 3-0 and 0 on the week. Luke, we sat on this podcast one week ago and we were like, there's no way the Magic are going 3-0 and 0 on the week. But they did it. They figured it out. Wins against the Knicks, 107-89. to 89. Golden State Warriors 124 to 120, and then the Detroit Pistons 105 to 96. The Magic start their four-game homestand 3 and 0. The Magic still at 12th in the Eastern Conference in standings. However, they are just two games back of the eighth seed. They have the eighth worst record in the league. The Magic right now, if the draft lottery was today, would have a 26.3% chance of acquiring a top four pick in the draft, and they would have a 6% chance at the number one overall pick for you tankers out there. 538 gives the Magic currently a 28% chance of making the playoffs. And according to tankathon.com, the Magic have had, uh, well, they have the seventh toughest remaining schedule out of the entire league and they have the second toughest schedule out of all eastern conference teams so for the tankers out there that are hoping that the magic will lose some games between now and the end of the season there is a a good chance of that happening on the season orlando is ranked 27th in the league in offensive rating at 105.8 points scored per 100 possessions and they are 17th in the league in defensive rating at 111 points allowed per 100 possessions the Magic, however, in their last five games are 4-1, and one, and in the last five games, the Magic are 20th in offensive rating in the league and second in defensive rating. And we'll go to Luke for the injury report. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people are back. We've got, uh, you know, we were talking about how the injury bug has really hit the team. Um, but thankfully, guys like Aminu came, well, thankfully, depending on which camp you're in, if you're in the tanking camp, Maybe not, thankfully, but um, Amino came back for the lineup. I'm I'm in uh, I'm in the middle. Uh, <laughs> Amino came back in the lineup Wednesday. Um, he had some of that knee injury um, stuff happening in management of that. Um, Fournier returned to the lineup Wednesday as well. Um, he had missed five games to uh, lower back spasms, um, and then James Ennis returned Friday, um, and he had this strained groin. Um, he had just missed two games and. Um, also, Jonathan, I know you saw it because we talked about it, but not too in-depth. Uh, Cole Anthony was streaming innocently, playing, I believe, Warzone uh, recently. Um, the, the team had said that he um, – well, what was the injury? They had it was a shoulder strain. Shoulder strain, um, yeah. He had like – yeah, so he had, a, he had a shoulder strain. And then on stream, if you watch the clip, he says something like he basically starts out kind of um hesitating to share the news he says maybe i should and then he goes whoa okay uh he said yeah no i i got a crack rib and then everybody's like wait what um so shoulder strain is now apparently i mean i can't help it from now on jonathan anybody gets diagnosed with a shoulder strain by the magic staff i'm gonna be like they got a crack rib they got a crack rib i'm not gonna trust them ever again and now he's out i mean like I don't know. And and you said that he had like sneezed or something and he, you know, grimaced and like made it very clear that uh his rib was in fact cracked. 
yeah, so he's on the stream because uh, shout out to, to Eli. Um, right now, I'm forgetting your your last name, unfortunately, but it's uh, E to the Dub on Twitter. Um, I saw him talking about Cole being on the stream, so I went to Cole's Twitch channel and was like watching the stream, and I was like, man, this thing is like two hours long. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch this whole thing. But like three minutes into the stream, he's like, yeah, I'm in constant pain. He's like. I, I don't really want to talk about it. I don't know if it's been released to the public yet, but, you know, I, I'm hurt and, you know, whatever. I'm going to be out a little bit. So, like, 10 minutes later, somebody asks him again, like, hey, Cole, how'd you get hurt? And he's like, I'm going to be real with y'all. I got a cracked rib. And then I'm just like, wow. Like, I, I saw that from Twitter, but just seeing how it all kind of played out on the Twitch stream was just kind of bizarre. But it was just weird because, again, the Magic announced the shoulder strain didn't hear anything else and then on his stream he is saying that he has a cracked rib so now you're like well what the heck is going on in my opinion at the time sitting there thinking about it I was like most likely scenario here is that they said it was a shoulder strain did more testing he was probably in a lot of pain and then they found out that it was a cracked rib and they just haven't announced it yet the next day of course after he you know divulges on twitch that it's a cracked rib then the magic came out and everyone's like, oh, well, what the heck is going on? Blah, blah, blah. We can't believe what anything they say and da, da, da. And my whole thing was just, you know, before they came out and said it, just everything that we hear, whether it's, you know, trade rumors or, or this guy's hurt or this guy isn't hurt. We don't have a timetable on this guy. Jonathan Isaac is totally healthy. And then three games back, he tears his ACL. Like my whole thing is if the, the, the front office isn't going to come out and tell us what's going on, just seems like they're like we can do whatever we want and say whatever we want as long as they think they're putting out a winning product and the team is winning I'm putting that in quotations because they hadn't been winning um it just kind of seems like they can do and and say whatever they want but then the next day they come out and they say that it's a cracked rip but I thought I thought it was pretty weird yeah I mean it's definitely concerning I mean at that point it, it is kind of a trust thing right I mean, we already don't really trust the front office and how they go about things when it comes to trade rumors or, or anything like that. You know, we, we always know, and I've said it many times, it's a very secretive organization. Apparently, I can file, like, I don't, I don't know if it's lying, but it's definitely hiding the truth under their, their, their resume of what I think about that front office right now, um, which starts at the top with Alex Martins, I think. Um, and really kind of, he's kind of been the common denominator here. The magic had been this way for a while, but this is really the first time that, you know, because of things like streaming video games and social media, um, before the only thing that got leaked to us was, a was the, the orange court last year by T Ross on Instagram, um, which they encouraged him to take down. So now you've got Cole really releasing his injury info and being more reliable than the front office about his injuries. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I honestly, I I like Cole more as a result, um, and it's a whole other thing as well. Cole has been super supportive of the entire team throughout his injury. That the time that he's been gone, Cole is always sharing, um, you know, his teammates' things, Vucevic's um, career games that he's had in this past month, all that stuff. Chuma quotes about Chuma. I mean, Cole is just one of the biggest cheerleaders of his magic. Um, so shout out to Cole for divulging his injury information because it gave us a glimpse into things that we kind of already suspected in terms of the front office not being very truthful to us. Um, but also Cole has just revealed himself to be 
the the team's number one fan, which has been really refreshing to see. Um, seems like team chemistry is through the roof right now, even despite a 13 and 18 record. Um, but a lot of those guys are young and they're still, you know, getting that time. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of my takeaways from Cole, I guess, during his, his injury time being away from the team. Yeah. So he's still going to, it seems like he's still going to miss a couple of weeks and then Aaron's still out with the ankle sprain. So both of those guys are probably going to, you know, we're not going to see them until the all-star break, which at this point, there's only five games left, three games this week, two games next week. And then we're at the all-star break. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, when it comes to the, the front office, it's just, yeah, I don't know how much Alex Martins has to do with it. Just trying to look back through Orlando Magic history. So, um, Alex Martins is uh, appointed as CEO of the Magic in 2006. Um, kind of inherits a pretty talented team. Dwight Howard, Jameer Nelson, um, Hito Turkoglu at that point. Otis Smith is already the the GM at that point. So when we're looking at Alex Martin's thumbprint, and not to do a deep dive on Alex Martin's right now, but if you look at Alex Martin's thumbprint on the Orlando Magic, it's almost all bad. Like, yeah, the team gets to the NBA Finals in 2009. That's Otis Smith, who was already appointed. And then uh, Otis Smith is fired in 2012. Then Rob Hennigan is hired, and now it's been Jeff Weltman and, and John Hammond. Rob Hennigan, as everyone knows, that tenure did not go well here in Orlando and Jeff Weltman and John Hammond, it's kind of up in the air and it's, you know, make or break time. We'll kind of talk more about uh, what they have an opportunity to do in a couple of weeks here a little bit later in the show, but uh, really quickly, just going to review the, the games of the past week. So again, we talked about win, uh, wins against the Knicks warriors and the Pistons. So win Wednesday against the Knicks at home, the magic hold the Knicks to 33 second half points, Luke, 25% shooting in that second half. One of Orlando's best halves of the season. Magic win 107-89. to 89. Terrence Ross with a huge lift off of the bench. 30 points, 10 of 16 from the floor. 5 of 6 from 3. Adds 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks out of the human torch. Win Friday against the Warriors. With 9.26 to go in the third quarter, Luke, the Magic held a 17-point 71 to 54 lead over the Golden State Warriors and over the next 13 minutes a little bit more than a quarter the Warriors went on a 51 to 22 run Orlando found themselves down 13 with 8:36 to go in the fourth quarter and then with a great defensive effort from the rest of the game and then huge shot after huge shot from Terrence Ross Nikola Vucevic and then rookie Chuma Okiki the Magic would close the game on a 31 to 14 run and win 124 to 120 Nikola Vucevic would finish with 30 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists, a triple-double, his third of his career. Evan Fournier, 28 points. Terrence Ross with 24 points. But I wanted to talk about Chuma Okiki. Chuma finishes the game with 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks. He had 8 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 blocks in the fourth quarter. He had two threes in just the last few minutes there to bring the the Magic uh, within one or two, and then another three there um, a couple of minutes later that gave the Magic the lead. So what were your thoughts on on Chuma after that game? We haven't talked all that much about it, Luke. Well, um, I mean, you guys wanted a shooter on the roster, and I, I think we've got a shooter. He That night, I think he was three for four from three, um, if I'm not mistaken. So... Um, yeah, I mean, Chuma is a guy that he's going to get settled in. He's going to always bust his butt defensively. 
and he's going to give you some big shots. He, you know, I, I think that um, a lot of people forgot about Chuma coming into the season, like the casual Magic fan probably forgot about him. The draft happened two years ago. They put Chuma on in the G League on Lakeland and, you know, finally made that official his signing, you know, coming into this season. Chuma's a guy that's that he's quiet, but I think he's one of those guys that's kind of a quiet leader and the way that he leads is is by example. I think he's for his entire career is going to be known as that guy who makes hustle plays but also can play offensively and contribute offensively. Um, which is something that this team needs. This team's always talking about, we need a shooter, we need a shooter. Um, and that's probably why everybody loves Terrence Ross so much. Um, and if it weren't for the hate that Evan Fournier gets aside from his shooting, he's the only other shooter we've got. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a, a breath of fresh air to see a guy like Chuma coming into the organization. Being young, um, a lot of his career obviously ahead of him. Um, I, I just I, I can't say enough about Chuma. That's the Chuma game right like that that so far that is the chuma game but i'm not gonna i mean i could go as far as say as i i don't think that'll be considered the chuma game by the end of this year with the amount of guys that can't stay healthy and and all that stuff if he stays healthy and he's next man up and aaron gordon continues to be out like he has i mean we talked we said it last week kind of a blanket statement but chuma's gonna be starting i mean like all the time very soon um, he's just, he's a heck of a player. He, and he's a guy that you want to develop. You want to invest in, um, because he's going to become, uh, something that we never saw Aaron Gordon become. And I think that, uh, that that's kind of my take with Chuma is I, I, I'm not going to be able to get enough of him. So what I'm about to say probably isn't totally fair to Cole. Um, really just because of the positions that they play and what they've, what, it, what's been asked of them so far, like Cole being thrust into the starting lineup you know, being asked to run the team and everything like that and just plays such a harder position, you know, at the point guard role, having to probably guard better players on a night-to-night basis. But when Chuma's on the floor, I don't ever worry about what that kid's doing. I don't, I'm never worried that he's going to make a mistake. I'm never worried that he's going to mess up. He always seems to be in the right spot. Um, The other night proved that he can make huge plays with Cole. Sometimes I'm like, it's the no, no, no. And then sometimes you get the yes Mm -hmm. with Cole. But a lot of the times, especially early in the season when he was struggling really badly, um, I, I was worried every time he had the ball in his hands that he, unless it was a spot up, sh- you know, jumper, mm-hmm. that he was going to do something to, to hurt the team. But Chuma is the opposite of that. He's just always going to be in the right spot. Again, he's not going to hurt the team. I'm right there with you. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring the rest of the season. Um, I would like to see him start. I think him starting. Even when Aaron comes back, you put Chuma at the three because I think even in a you know a world where Chuma and Jonathan are on the floor together, I think Jonathan is still going to be at the four. Chuma is probably more naturally a three, mm-hmm. um, at least until he fills out a bit more. I think he probably could play the four, but right think right now I think he's more of a of a natural three. Um, but I would like to see Chuma in the starting lineup with Cole healthy, with Evan, um, you know, with uh, uh, um, with Aaron, with Vooch. And then see Dwayne off of the bench with Terrence, um, you know those guys kind of sharing the offensive load there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Chuma. But the thing, the thing that um, really stuck out to me the other night, especially against the the Warriors, is how far off of the ball his guide hand comes when he's shooting the basketball. Mm-hmm. Like I had to go back and not to be weird, but watch like video of myself shooting a jump shot and like what 
I think a normal motion is, but his left hand comes off of the ball like significantly earlier than most people do on that jump shot. And then he just flicks the wrist and it looks super smooth, but especially when you watch it in slow motion, it's like, whoa, his, his hand is just like coming off of the ball and then he's just flinging it with the other hand. So I don't know if you've noticed that, but um, I'll be curious to, to see what you think if, if you go back and look at that. But yeah, this was definitely the, the Chuma Okiki game. And then win Sunday against the Pistons. Uh, this game just never really felt in doubt as the Magic win 105-96 to on the back of a monster game from Nikola Vucevic. 37 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, 1 steal. Last chance that he has to impress coaches around the league before the uh, NBA All-Star Reserve voting. And then 29 points from Evan Fournier, 17 points from Terrence Ross. Orlando holds Detroit to 37% shooting for the game and win 105 to 96. So, Luke, what are your what are your feelings on Vooch uh, making the All Star game? Do you think that he gets in? Because just from looking around the league and and reading like a few articles from you know different media members, I I don't think that he gets in because I think he deserves to and I think he should be, but just nobody is mentioning him in these pieces. Like they're mentioning him as one of the guys that they had to leave off. They're voting guys in like Bam Adebayo or Damanis Sabonis, Julius Randle. He, I mean, he's getting Jonathan. He, I don't know how else to put this, but he's getting the Bradley Beal treatment. Like, this is a guy who, I mean, this year, um, I know you guys have probably heard and seen Vucher's numbers all the time, but um, 24 points a game, 11.7 rebounds. Um, he's shooting freaking 40%, 40.5% from three, and it's not like he's shooting three, three threes a game. It's not like that Julius Randle, like, impressive three-point percentage, but he's shooting three, 3.5 a game. He's shooting 6.3 a game, um, along with 48% from the field. And, I mean, I mean, what else do you want from him? He's And especially this month. This month he went insane. Um, I don't have the exact numbers, but everybody knows who watched uh, Vucevic this month. Um, his Friday games became a thing where, you know, if it's a Friday, he's going to put up big numbers. Um, you know, against the Warriors, he was uh, 30, 10, and 16. That's insane. That's bonkers. And that's something that, you know, only a guy who deserves, you know, only all-stars do that. The very next game, he comes out against the Pistons and puts up uh, 37 and 12. I mean, he's playing out of his mind. There's no reason Vucevic shouldn't be an all-star. But because he's not a big market, because he's not, um, you know, high in the standings, they're just not going to put him there, regardless of of what you, you know what you think about Vucevic. He's he's incredible. He and I I have friends of mine who now are starting to appreciate Vuce. They're Knicks fans. I talk about them all the time, um, but but they're starting our group chat. They they are actually which it takes a lot. They're actually giving kudos to the Orlando Magic and mainly Vucevic, um, and appreciating how great he is. Because he is. I mean, he's he's incredible. Um, and I, I don't think that there's a world that he shouldn't be an all-star. I mean, when he was an all-star, he wasn't putting up these numbers. So I'm looking back at his, his, at his numbers now. Again, I don't know what they were exactly at the all-star break, but averaging like four less points per game in that year, um, 0.3 more rebounds, uh, shooting 36%, 36.4% from three. Uh, whereas now, like I said, he's shooting 40.5. He also is shooting that percentage on not even three attempts a game. I mean, 
Jonathan, that's ridiculous. Some of the um, that, shooting like, numbers are actually the, the, the a little did that. Mis- I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, some of those shooting numbers that you just mentioned are a little bit misleading because he started the year off so hot and then kind of tailed off yeah. towards the end of the season. So I think around the All-Star break, the shooting numbers were around like 40, um, but nowhere near like the 6.3 attempts that he's taking now. That's that's right. really the big difference is that he's sustaining the efficiency while the attempts are going up per game. Yeah, I mean so he's, just, he's getting he's getting better. Um, at a time where like you could say like twenty eight was you know when he was twenty eight that was a start of his prime I guess. Um, but he doesn't seem to be dropping off. Um, and like I said, like. I, I can't even stress it enough. I can barely speak right now because he shot, like I said, three three attempts a game and to the point where he is now up in that percentage by 4%. So to be up 4%, shooting 3.4 more attempts a game from three is just, it's ridiculous. And that's not even his best quality. I mean, he's getting, he I think he's like, fourth in the league in total rebounds this year um as well i saw that i think today um but yeah i mean he's he's top of a lot of categories right now and he should be an all-star so i'm, I'm looking at nba.com right now i'm looking at all players in the league averaging um greater than or equal to 20 points a game 10 rebounds shooting 40 percent from the three-point line there are five guys in the league nikola jokic Nikola Vucevic, Julius Randle, Christian Wood, Carl Anthony Towns. Now, three of those guys play in the Western Conference. So, for me, and I felt like this probably the last you know week, week and a half, it's going to come down to Vuce or Julius Randle for these voters. One yeah. of those two guys is getting in. Like, I think Demonis is just going to get in. I think he was so good at the beginning of the year. He's tailed off a little bit, but his numbers are still so good. And Indiana, um, you know, still hanging in there. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, after losing guys to injury and, and trading guys away. Um, but for me, what it's going to come down to, again, is Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic. And what I think the voters are going to look at is the team's record. So right now the Knicks are 15-16. and 16, They're 7th in the East. And the Magic are 13-18. and 18, They're 12th in the East. The thing to me that's not fair is if this team is healthy and Vuce is putting up these numbers, the Magic are legitimately probably 4th in the East right now. The Magic as of right now are three games back of the Pacers. You cannot tell me if we have Aaron Gordon all year, Evan Fournier all year, Al Aminu all year, um, Markel Fultz, there's no way that this team isn't better than 15 and 14. It's just not possible. Right. So Vooch is a runaway all-star if this team is healthy. And I think the voters really should look at that because – you know, the Knicks, whatever, they're not the greatest team. They've had some, you know, injury issues like Mitch, Mitchell Robinson just broke his hand. But for the most part of this year, like their core guys of this roster anyways have been healthy and the Magic just haven't. If it wasn't for the Magic, if it wasn't for Booch, excuse me, the Magic would be something ridiculous like, you know, 9 and 22. Like, yeah. it, we, we would just be so awful without Vooch. Um I think the the guy should uh, should get the nod, but we'll find out tomorrow. I believe on TNT at seven o'clock Eastern, we'll find out the results of the the All Star voting and everything like that. As far as the result, the reserves are concerned. So, 
fingers crossed, but um, I just don't know that that Vooch is going to make it in. But uh, let's take a quick break. All right. So looking um, at the next week of games before we get into some of these topics that we're going to talk about. So coming up this week, we've got the Pistons tomorrow night, Tuesday at home. And then the Magic fly up to Brooklyn to face off against the Nets on Thursday. And then we'll be back home Saturday for the Jazz. So last week, Luke, you and I made the mistake of saying there's no way the Magic are going 3-0. and At best, they'll go 1-2. and But they have a really good chance of going 0-3. So this team is playing a lot better right now. Since Michael Carter-Williams came back against the Kings, the Magic are 4-1. and And again, uh, in the last five games, they are the second best defensive rating team in the league. So say what you want about Michael Carl Williams' offense, which has been absolutely atrocious, by the way. Mm-hmm. Please, nobody try to argue that with me. He's been almost useless offensively. Mm-hmm. But the defensive boost that he and Alfred Camino have brought to this team cannot be denied. So, Luke, all that being said, what do you think the magic, uh, the record is this week? Three games. One and two. I mean, One and two. You, you're, you're playing the Brooklyn Nets, who even without KD are I mean they they look great what else can you say about the Nets um they're fun to watch um this version of Harden by the way is more fun than what he was in Houston I just think that it just creates a a way for him to to be more entertaining um I just I really love this version of James Harden all that to say I think the Magic lose that game and then you're going up against the number number one team in the West is that right in the league Utah Jazz and in the league too, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm saying one and two. I, I think that that the Magic are are better than the Pistons now. Last week I would have said I don't know, but they're on a on a big momentum swing, going three and zero last week. Um, and I think they know that they have to win against the Pistons. The players are always going to play as hard as as they can to try to get the win. You're never going to see them try to sell out and you know not win a game. So I think they're probably looking at the schedule knowing they've got the Nets and the Jazz um, and that they need to get a win while they can. They're 13 and 18. So what, at the end of this week, you're, you're 14 and 20. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you, you, you have to win against Detroit, and I, I think they're going to. So, like I said, yeah, I'm just going to go one and two. It's nothing nothing crazy. No hot takes here. I One and two. So this is what I will say. So I'm right there with you. I, I think, you know, we beat – you know, this Pistons team, which give Dwayne Casey a lot of credit. I mean, for what he is dealing with and the the roster they have right now, they that team plays really, really hard. Um, I like, I, you know, I like a lot of the, the guys that they have. You know, right now they're they're playing without, you know, Killian Hayes. Um, you know, they're missing a few other guys, but hats off to Dwayne Casey. Guy is obviously a good coach. Guy's won coach of the year before. Now, talking about Brooklyn. So this is the thing that I've noticed about Brooklyn is Brooklyn plays up and down to their competition right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, since beating the Magic, they have beat the Knicks 116-109. to They beat Denver 122-116. to They lost to Oklahoma City. They lost to Memphis. They beat the Sixers. They beat the Jazz. They lost to the Wizards. They lost to Atlanta. They almost lost to Atlanta again. Then they well, they, they beat them that night, but then they lost to the, to the Grizzlies. They lost to Charlotte. They beat Boston. They beat Golden State. So right now they're beating good teams and they're losing to bad teams. 
What does that say for the Magic? The Magic are a bad team. So if they don't have KD, give the Magic a puncher's chance, um, just given the behavior that we've seen out of the Nets recently. Now, could they go off and beat us by 50? Absolutely a possibility. Um, but then, yeah, I definitely think the Magic lose to the Jazz. So I'm right there with you, one and, one and two. Um, but I think the Magic might be able to make it interesting on Thursday. So uh, that's it for next week. So Luke, just a couple things I wanted to talk to you about uh, before we close out the show this week. Um, do you think it's time to trade Evan? So the last two games, uh, so last night um, against the Pistons, Evan Fournier, 29 points. And then Friday against the Warriors, Evan Fournier, 28 points. So since coming back from the back injury, Evan is looking incredible. Um, He's just shooting the crap out of the ball right now. Given the state of the team right now, given what we thought going into the season, and then given how well Evan is playing right now, do you think it is time to trade Evan, and do you think that the front office will actually pull the trigger? Uh, I think it is time to trade Evan. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be shocked by me saying that. Um, But in the past, it's just been because pretty much I just don't like Evan Fournier uh, as a player on the team. I've I've seen him enough. Um, But now it's simply because he's playing out of his mind. His trade value is not going to get any higher than what it's at right now. Um, And I think that you need to be on the phone fielding offers right now. Um, Like you said the other day, at this rate, you trade uh, he had started the game out like with 12 points off the bat or something crazy um in the first quarter and you say if you're the magic front office you trade evan fournier before he gets to his car tonight and just tell him don't worry about coming in tomorrow where we got you here's your new plane tickets here's your arrival and your destination here sir so um yeah i i'm all in on trading fournier now um i've always been in on trading evan fournier um, do I think the front office does it? No, I don't. I don't think the front office does it. Call me a pessimist. I don't think this front office is moving anybody. Um, I would love for them to, but I, I just don't see. I don't see it happening. And and but this is the the the, the double sided thing of of being a Magic fan, right? Like, I don't think they're gonna trade anybody, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we don't know a thing until we get that tweet from Woj or uh or Shams saying you know so and so has been traded because we just don't know they never tell us until a deal falls through um they're never going to be like you know over oh, sh- tell you know they're not going to let a source know that they're shopping a player um if they do then that'd be great cuz I'd like to know some things um but however so like on one side i'd say no i don't think they do anything and i truthfully do believe that but on the other side i don't know if they're going to do it because they don't tell us anyway and the first news we're going to hear of anything is via like a tweet so last three games okay evan is averaging 25.3 points on 54.2 shoot percent shooting from the floor 45.8 percent from the three-point line 4.7 4.7 assists, 5.3. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 5.3 assists, 4.7 rebounds, uh, almost three turnovers, and one steal. So, obviously, three games is like as small of a sample size as you can get. That being said, I mean, a guy's trade value is never going to be higher than when he's playing well. Mm-hmm. You and I, however, share the sentiment, share the feeling that the front office just isn't going to do anything. They're not going to trade Evan. 
if anything, at this point, we're probably <laughs> we're probably looking at re-signing Evan. I hate to tell you that. As well as he played the beginning of the year, he t- he had taken a step back in his role, was letting Markel be a bigger focal part of the offense, um, and just as efficient as he's been this year, if the Magic can get him back on a reasonable deal, they're probably going to do it. They're probably going to talk themselves into doing that. And the reason that I've come to that conclusion, and we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, when we're like, man, the Magic should, the Magic should really just lean into the, the youth, focus on developing these young players, da 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 And I said, Luke, are we playing ourselves? Because this front office has done absolutely nothing to tell us that's what they want to do. The last three years now, it's been, let's try to push for the playoffs, let's have meaningful games in April and May, and make the playoffs, and get these young guys meaningful playoff minutes. That being said, that doesn't tell me that they're going to be moving Evan Fournier. Unless they are convinced that they cannot afford Evan Fournier next year, I don't see them bringing him back. Mo is going to be eligible for an extension next summer, and if they bring Evan back, first of all, we're going to be right up against the cap when we re-sign him. I mean, we have his bird rights, so we can exceed the salary cap to re-sign him. But that's going to be probably in the ballpark of $16, $17 million a year less. And that probably tells me that the Magic aren't going to be offering Mo a big extension. Magic probably should not offer Mo a big extension. We're not going to get into the Mo conversation this week just because I, I'm I'm just sick of it, to be perfectly honest with you. I'm sick of talking about it. I think it's ridiculous the way that all this has been handled. But Mo probably at this point isn't going to get a big extension and should really say, I'm going to bet on myself and try to get a better offer than whatever the Magic are going to give him. So I think it's time to trade Evan. I don't think they're going to trade Evan. Um, the only thing that I'm holding on to the littlest sliver of hope at this trade deadline is that the Magic move on from Ken Birch, especially if you're going to bring back Evan. We're not going to pay even more money to bring back Mo. Uh, Ken Birch, excuse me, I keep getting these guys mixed up. And then that's going to open the the floor and the minutes for Mo to get in there and, and, and get some minutes. And you you got you to gotta get in there and uh, just see what you have with the kid. Um, optimism's not high there, but it's not for me either. Let's be, I'm being honest, but that's, I'm, I'm holding on to hope until there's nothing to hope for. Yep. I think we're getting there, but we'll get there when we get there. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to think. I, we know nothing. We know nothing. We're never going to know anything. We're just going to keep guessing. We're idiots. We're idiots. That's precisely what i'm saying um yeah i don't i don't know i know we've said it a million times when's the trade deadline like march 14th 25th 25th wow was way off okay yeah so we got we're, about four weeks we're a month away basically so sit tight ladies and gentlemen because i got no idea what's gonna happen and don't be surprised when you what see- do you mean what sit tight <laughs> right now, the Magic are cruising at 35,000 feet. The seatbelts are off. You're free to roam about the cabin. Yeah. There is not going to be any uh, turbulence here. Oh, Magic Twitter okay. Magic Twitter, in the next month is going to be volatile. Um, yeah, if you're on Magic Twitter, buckle your seatbelts. Yeah. Because that's, that's rough. And we can – great segue. We can jump right into this. Luke, what do you think about people just being irate when the Magic win a game? And, and be honest with me because – 
I I know you are kind of you know you're you're not thrilled when the Magic win right now. I'm not. I'm not. And I, I told you that last week. I told you via text. Jonathan almost like probably sent a hitman to my house last week because I he was so just just angry. Not with a me. hitman. The ambulance. I was concerned for you. <laughs> uh i i get it i get it this team but but a lot of it and i've said this before the, the expectations of the front office often become what we think is reality but really it's just like the Orlando magic fans uh, especially in t- on twitter create the reality themselves which is never actually reality it's all it's all simulation Everything they say, it's the Matrix. It's it is literally the Matrix. Evan Fournier. I mean, we talked about it. We're uh, we're people that have taken part in this, Jonathan. We have talked about it. Evan Fournier is going to be gone before deadline. Aaron Gordon going to be gone before deadline. Who told us that? Nobody, Jonathan. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody told us that, but ourselves and Magic Twitter. That's it. Literally. Yeah. So How sad is that? It's it's the case because we don't get told anything, and regardless of if so that's, we just we. We just make up what the front office is going to decide. It, we're literally 2K, and this is just our podcast about like the, the 2K magic organization. Um, but seriously, so I, I, I get why, why they're mad because I've told Jonathan last week, I'm this team went on a three-win streak. I'm over here cursing them because they went on a three-win streak. Something that, by the way, at six and two, at the six and two point of our season, if they went on a three-win streak to go nine and two, I'd have been like, "Let's do it." I'm all aboard. Um, I'm all aboard at all different train now, Jonathan. I'm a new man, for the better or for the worse of it. Um, I just Jalen Green looks real spicy to me. We, Five of a, six from three today. He's a two. Evan Fournier, see ya. Jalen Green, walk right into my life. And let's get this going. Um, however, it's just going to be the one that got away, Jonathan. I got bad news for you, especially after that three-game win streak. Um, so, yes, I understand why people are irate. They see Jalen Green. I get it. They're blinded by love. But if a playoff, a postseason comes around and, you know, we've got a Chuma finally, you know, permanently in the starting lineup, you got Cole Anthony starting at point guard, if that's such a bad thing, I don't. I don't know that it is. I, I, I know that I, I probably sound like a hypocrite. You could probably like, you know, the, the Stephen A videos where he debates himself because they cut stuff. I'm sure I could debate myself right now from like the past few weeks of me talking on this episode on this podcast, um, because what I'm about to say very much contradicts everything I've said the past few weeks, which is wouldn't be such a bad thing if those guys got to get run um, even as a 10 seed. And you lose in the first, you know, the play-in game, um, whatever. At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm not apathetic. However, um, I, I'm fully acknowledging this is not in my hands at all. There's no reason it's bad for my health to get this involved. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. But what I'm saying is, I'm cool with whatever happens at this point. I'm just taking that attitude now, that approach. If we're terrible, then we get Jalen Green. Maybe, probably not. Um, and then if we're good, well, good, you know, relatively speaking, um, then we get guys, young guys, you know, getting to start one playoff game at least. So I, I don't know. So 
anybody that has followed either like our Twitter account for a long time or has listened to the show, I think and I hope that you guys understand that I throw my thoughts out there and I don't really care about, you know, if people are going to think I'm stupid for or whatever the case may be. I just like when it comes to the magic, I try to be as unfiltered as I can. And then if I get bash backlash, then whatever, whatever. So when I say this, I'm really not trying to like appease to everybody. I am genuinely 100% conflicted when it comes to what I want to happen with the magic. Mm -hmm. If you came to me right now and I could just hit a fast forward button, I would say lose every game the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Give us the best possible chance that we can at a, at a number one pick or a top pick. And let's go from there. Let's go get our guy and let's go to freaking war, right? 300 style, like (laughs) us against the world. However, when I sit down on a Sunday night at seven o'clock, I've got my Aquafina. I'm sitting there on the couch and that ball gets thrown in the air, not for one second of that game can I sit there and say, I want Vooch to miss this shot, or I want Terrence to let his guy go by him, or I, I want Chuma Okiki to throw the ball out of bounds. Like, not for one second can I let my brain or my heart allow me to root against this team in any type of fashion. So, like, in the moment, I cannot root against this team. When I'm watching the games, I want them to play well. I want them to win. After the game, I'm like, damn, maybe, maybe we should have lost that game. But in the moment, I can't help root for the team. So, like, the people out there that – I'm not, like, talking about the people that are like, oh, man, you know, whatever. We, we should have lost that game. But the people that are like, this franchise is a joke. I cannot believe this. And the people that are just going, like, so hard after the Magic win a game, those are the folks that I really don't understand. I do to a certain degree because we all want what we think is best for the team. And obviously right now in the fan base, it is like split, like literally almost 50-50. Like we say, sometimes you say like, oh, it's split 50-50. This is really something that I, like there's two of us here. You're, we're, we're split 50-50 on this, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just conflicted, man, because again, in the moment, I want this team to win. I want them to play well. Playing in the playoffs are really, you know, is really exciting, especially the last two years winning game one against high seed opponents. Yeah, we got swept after that, but that's besides the point. But then today, when I look on Twitter, and I see that Jalen Green had 21 points, shot 5 of 6 from 3, and there's a slow-mo clip of him hitting like the James step back, the James Harden step back 3, I'm just, I just like melt like butter, like, oh man. Like, have you ever seen Sandlot? Mm-hmm. When, when Squint sees Wendy Peppercorn? <laughs> Dude, I'm ready to jump off the diving board, and I can't swim. I'm not saying I'm gonna kiss Jalen Green, but like, my my glasses are fogging up. I'm rubbing them on my shoulder, like I'm like, dude, Jalen Green. I, I just, I was right about, I was right about Jason Tatum in what was that, 2017, and I I have the same feeling. I was right about Jason Tatum. I was right about Luka Doncic. I have the feel that feeling about Jalen Green. Like something about that kid, I just. I just I love that kid. I'm gonna root for that kid no matter if he ends up on the magic or whatever. But I brought up Tankathon, Luke, because I talked about this earlier when we were talking about the state of the magic. So um even though right now the magic are the eighth worst team in the league, right now, if the season ended today, they would have a twenty six point three percent chance of getting a top four pick, and they would have a six percent chance <coughs> excuse me still getting over this cold here, 
I didn't cough the whole episode. It took us 51 and a half minutes in. Um, they have a 6% chance at getting the number one overall pick. So I've got the Tankathon uh, lottery simulator up right now. I'm just going to click through this maybe like four or five times and see where – let's do it. We'll do it 10 times, and we'll see where, how many times we actually get a top four pick because top four – Probably, possibly a top five is what it's going to take to get a guy like Jalen Green. So we're going to run it the first time. Ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Magic ended up ninth. We're not looking great. We got jumped. The next, so number two, ninth again. This is not going well, Luke. Eighth. So that's three. Eighth. That's four. Eighth. That's five. Eighth. That's Ew. six. Fourth. Okay. Uh, eighth again. Ninth. <laughs> we got two more here. Eighth. <laughs> first. We got the first pick. It took us ten, t- 10 tries. But if you're going to tell me that the Magic right now, and I think the Magic will end up, um, I, I really don't know. W- with them having such a tough schedule the rest of the year, I feel like they should drop a little bit, but this team is playing so well right now, and we're still missing key guys like Aaron, like Cole. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to go a lot better than it just did, Luke. Before we jumped on the podcast, I did this probably 10 times. I ended up with a top four pick like four or five of those times, and I ended up with the first pick once. So the odds were not in my favor, obviously. It kind of the pendulum swung back the other way when we did this just now. But you have a one in four chance of getting a, a, a top four pick, essentially. Yeah. So if you're eighth, you have a 26% chance. Then it goes up to 34.4, up to 34.8. 42.1, 48%. So I don't, I don't see the Magic falling into the top three. I think possibly somewhere four, five, and six. But if you end up four, five, and six, you rough, you have you know really similar odds of getting a top four pick. So I don't know, man. I'm convi- I'm very conflicted when it comes to this. But I really want Jalen Green. Like I, if I could fast forward right now to the draft and end up with Jalen Green, I would do it in a freaking heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I think anybody would. Yeah. But. I don't know, man. Again, we have no idea what the front office is going to do. We have made up this simulation in our mind of what the front office wants to do, but we really have no idea because they don't tell us. Their actions say that they want to be competitive, and they haven't done anything to really stray from that. Yeah. So I think we're going to hold course, holding on to the chance that Ken Burch gets traded, opening up minutes for Mo. Not really, uh, Not really all that confident about that. So... Last thing that I wanted to talk about, Luke, here, last thing we wanted to discuss, mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of nights we're seeing on Twitter, Terrence Ross mainly, but then also Cole Anthony, talk about NBA Top Shot. So I don't really have a great understanding of what it is. Like I have a very basic understanding of what it is. I feel like you do too. So what is your take on Top Shot? And do we want to try to explain it? Um, uh, I don't know that I you know, know enough. But basically, it's it's virtual trade, like card trading, is essentially the the best way to describe it. Um, instead of cards of players, they're moments. Like you literally can have like a Steph Curry behind the back pass or just a regular pass. Like there's just certain things that are more rare than others. Um, you know, DJ Augustine hitting the game winner against the Raptors in Game One of the postseason uh, two years ago. So is that on there? I don't know. It's it's gonna be. Oh my goodness! It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gotta be eventually, um, because they gotta pump out new content and cards all the time. 
but uh, basically you open a card pack and they range anywhere from like nine bucks to I've seen packs as much as a thousand dollars. Um, and you know, there's always a chance, even in the $9 packs that you get it a relatively good card, um, that you can sell and make a profit. Or if you're someone that is actually really, you know, not into the investing side of it, which is basically what it feels like. Um, but you're more so into the, you know, memories. Like if Jonathan got the DJ Augustine, um, buzzer beater, he wouldn't sell that card. He would just hold on to it. Um, at least that's my speculation. Um, so so that's kind of the gist of it um there's like rarity levels like i said um and yeah you just you you get to pull pack the, the issue right now that the it's easy to buy a pack just conceptually speaking um but the hard part is finding a pack that's available they just had a drop basically where which means they just released like a bunch of you know just normal $9 packs you click that you know open it up or whatever open the the options I guess then you go to like it's a, it looked like a twitch stream or something that that top shop was on like through their website um, and you get put in a queue well they're only selling 5,000 packs and a drop maybe but you're 70,000th in the queue so obviously you're not going to get the pack you got to get there quick enough. You got to get notifications for when they, you know, drop packages. It is something that's very much still in the beginning stages. It's just starting to take off. You see NBA players like Terrence Ross, Clint Capella, all those kind of guys um, wanting to get on it. Uh, a LeBron James moment today um, sold for $208,000 today. Um, it was a dunk on, is that? Bielitsa. Um, it was against the Kings. Um, November fifteenth, twenty nineteen. The Lakers won the game ninety nine and ninety seven. But yeah, a, a, an actual moment or card, if you will, of LeBron James that's very rare sold for two hundred and eight thousand dollars today. That's insane to me. So I'm looking Someone at the website that. right now. I'm looking at that's their house. their marketplace. Yeah. I'm looking at their marketplace where people essentially resell, you know, moments that they get out of these packs. Right. It's kind of like like uh, like my team, like where you open up a pack right. and then it's just Very much. random. You just have a, a chance of, you know, what card you're going to get. Just like if you go to the store and buy a pack of basketball cards. Nowadays, if you can even find a pack of basketball cards at a Target or a Walmart, just consider yourself lucky because there are people that go to these stores and they camp out five, six, seven, eight hours waiting for the vendors to show up. They buy the entire shelf and they go online and they resell them for sometimes double, triple the price of what the pack costs them in store. So right now I'm looking at the secondary marketplace on NBATopshot.com. The highest listed item is uh, from John Morant, his dunk last year over Aaron Baines. We're talking about a seven, eight second video clip here, folks. It, right now it's the asking price is 250 thousand dollars so and and luke is correct i went on the site when they did the drop right before we got on here like 10 minutes after the drop i was seventy six thousandth in line trying to get the pack so um in in my opinion you're this is this is a really cool thing but you're you're essentially buying lottery tickets hoping that you got willy wonka's golden ticket to go to the factory you know what i'm saying so I think it's really dope. Um, I'm going to continue to track it. And, you know, if a 
relatively affordable pack drops and I can get it, I'll definitely buy it. Yeah. Obviously, I'm only going to be collecting Orlando Magic players. If I get that John Morant dunk, I'm definitely selling it 100%. Oh, yeah. So you guys will be the first to know. But just looking at um, some of these, uh, like right now, the one of the cheapest is like a Dwayne Bacon layup. The lowest asking price for that is $35. Um, as far as like the highest priced item goes on here. My goodness. So there's an Aaron Gordon dunk. Let's see who this is against. So this is, oh, this is his dunk last year on JaVale McGee in L.A. when JaVale like, tries to push Aaron and he dunks on him anyways. Mm-hmm. Right now, lowest asking price on that is $19,500. So, again, I really don't know all that much about it. It seems pretty interesting. If you're an NBA top shot um, aficionado or expert out there, hit us up on Twitter and, and give us the rundown. Um, or if you want to come on the show and talk about it a little bit, maybe we can do that. I, I really don't know. But it seems pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, it's gaining a lot of traction and a lot of popularity. NBA players are talking about it, so those guys could, you know, crap on a stick, and that would become the, the new trend. Uh, Adam Sandler, uh, you know, in uh, in Billy Madison, peed his pants. It was like, yeah, all the coolest kids are, are peeing their pants. And this old lady goes, if peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. <laughs> And then he says that is the grossest thing that I've ever heard. But <laughs> these guys could start peeing their pants, and everybody would start peeing their pants. That's just kind of the way the world uh, works. Yeah, I mean, after you listed some of those moments, Jonathan, you guys can see why people want card packs so badly. Because you got like a, I don't know, a whatever, a, a Daniel Tice card moment would probably sell for twenty bucks. So if you can get a pack for nine bucks, I mean, the chances are you probably get something to at least make your money back. But it's just getting your hands on a pack. That's it. Yep. So it seems pretty cool. I'm definitely going to be looking more into it. I really have done very minimal research. Um, Adam Papa Giorgio, I hope I'm saying his last name uh, correctly, but he used to run Magic Basketball Online. Right now he runs the uh, Penny and Pops podcast. Um, I saw him posting about it a couple of weeks ago when everyone was talking about GameStop and everything like that and all their stocks going crazy. Um, This is essentially like... Uh, it could be an investment if you get one of these moments that are you know really valuable or maybe not so valuable, but it's a guy that you believe in and you want to hang on to it for a while. If he ends up hitting a game winner in the playoffs, then the, the value of that skyrockets. It's the same thing right now with actual basketball cards like Luka Doncic and like Giannis and Ted Um I started to get into to sports memorabilia and sports cards like at the beginning of quarantine, like at the beginning of last year. And I could have got like a Giannis um, rookie card, PSA graded um, PSA. It was like a t- mint uh, 10, um, like a gem mint 10. I know Luke probably thinks I'm speaking Chinese right you now, but I could have bought it for like Chinese 200 for bucks. Sure. Yeah, I could have bought it for like two or 300 bucks. And now that card is worth like seven, $800 the last that I checked. It's not even the most like sought after Giannis card, but it was just like, I thought it had good value and though it's just going up. So um, Panini, if you guys are into sports cards, Panini is like, as far as the NBA and NFL is concerned, they're like the biggest company for um, those leagues. Sports cards, Panini has tried to do like their own digital card, um, which some people have shown interest in, but I think NBA top shot has just like, raised the ante on them and and they're just taking over like the virtual collectible um market as far as the nba goes but i think it's really cool but yeah all right luke anything else my man 
no, I think that's about about it. Yeah, that's about it. Again, three games this week. We've got the Pistons, Brooklyn, uh, the Jazz, um, and then the Magic have two games next week. Um, and then we're at the All-Star break. So hopefully we can get some guys healthy. Some of you are hoping that guys don't get healthy and we tank. Who knows? Nobody knows what the right thing to do is with this team, but we'll find out in the coming weeks. But anyways, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!